0: This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin, and with me this week are two fantastic human beings, Kate Scotchless. Hello. And Nick White. Hey. Thank you both for joining me this week. I'm extra excited because I cannot believe that this is the 250th episode of uh, I Read
1: Comic Books. Can you... What? N- it's not <laughs> i think mean? i i think you've been out of the the cycle for too long mike that was Nick, uh, what are you talking about <laughs> look Nick, may, maybe 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 getting to record episodes <laughs> where we just ate snacks all the time sort of just like threw you for a loop and and whatnot but the, uh 250 hold was on. last week do it okay you, you weren't even wait, around wait, hold, for on, hold on
0: hold on hold on are you kidding me right now
1: i mean usually i'm the one who can't count but it appears this time it's you son of a biscuit Okay, this is episode 251 Ignore me.
0: Uh time is meaningless. Um yeah, so um now I'm all thrown off. Um yeah, I guess uh let's I'm I now I'm completely crestfallen. <sighs>
2: It can be 250 250 in your heart,
0: Mike. This is 200. Yeah, this is 250 (laughs) in my heart. Okay. I I used Um, to
1: only set aside the column for how do they work to magnets, but we can add numbers if that's if that's I would appreciate that. Honestly,
0: I feel like I'm at the point in this show where I need to just start getting tattoos of like the episode numbers so that I can remember what the last one recorded was and then we'll factor in bonus episodes and all that other stuff. And I don't even know what we'll do about Patreon episodes. I think I just got to start getting tattoos, folks. That's what's going to happen. You but just
1: need one of those concrete walls with a piece of chalk that you just, you know, keep a tally. Keep a tally. I'm just going to end up, I'm just, I'm just end up just looking their like Victor wall. Zazz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to paint
0: like the entire wall of my bedroom with the number of episodes or with uh, that type of paint that you can draw chalk on. And um, yeah. Or I'm just going to end up looking like Victor Zazz. I don't know. There but Okay this is episode 251 um let me ask the question i ask every single week then um which apparently i didn't last week because paul was on the episode and i forgot how have you been
2: paul was amazing
0: yeah he was i'm sure he was amazing paul was amazing
2: (laughs) (laughs) you guys are just making me feel bad
1: anyway shut up no (laughs) (laughs)
0: um yeah let me ask the question i have to ask every single week which is how have you been how have comic books been let's start with you nick
1: you know, things things have been okay. Things have been busy. Um, work's been definitely keeping me pretty busy, which that's fine. Um, there's not a whole lot else... La- let me try that again. Um, there's not a whole lot else out there for me to do, so... Um, in terms of what I've been reading, um, unsurprisingly, and I think maybe some of our fellow readers have been doing the same. And if you haven't, I can definitely make some suggestions. Uh, I've definitely been leaning more towards, um, low intensity, uh, low stakes comics. Um, I've also been leaning towards anything that does not, in any or in most ways, shapes, or forms reflect or reproduce the current situation that we sit in Mm -hmm. um, on whatever sociopolitical landscape we're talking about. Um, So I'm talking about, like, those IDW Disney comics that they put out a couple years ago. I think some of them are still running. So, like, it's a lot of the – disney european comics that were super super popular in like the 60s and 70s over there many of which
2: you and Kara every week yeah
1: Yeah, and so like this is for many of these this is the first time they've been translated into english this is the first time um they've been uh sort of imported to america so it's it's just really good low-stakes stuff like where you wonder whether or not like the main character is ever going to choose to wear pants in terms of like donald duck or in the terms of like uncle scrooge you're like geez i wonder if like this obscenely wealthy person might find himself slightly less wealthy that's that's concerning um so these are what makes is that what makes uh uncle scrooge comics interesting that like oh no he
0: went from a billionaire to a slightly less billionaire oh no he it?
1: has 0. 0.8 less uh assets than uh you know point eight percent less assets than than last issue this is concerning yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah actually there's a really fun page at the back of the uncle scrooge comic where you actually get to run the numbers on his finances and figure out like where he stands at the end of the month oh, Lord. so you He's just uh math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like three pages for deductions. It doesn't take that long. Some people on the subreddits are like, "Hey, you know, I can't get the numbers right," and then there's like 30 or 40 posts of other people helping, helping you do Uncle Scrooge's taxes. So it's um, it's a it's. No, I'm just kidding. This is all not real. Um, but why 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 not? You know, why I mean, not? On, yeah, you yeah. No, there's there's just a little submission form, you know, and a throwback to 90s comics where you get to mail in Uncle Scrooge's taxes, and <laughs> whoever gets closest enough it's like uh it's the no prize it's the 90s so maybe you got like you know like a thousand dollars which is like a million dollars by today's standard we all know about inflation so i don't Mm -hmm. need to explain
0: i mean you're reading uncle scrooge comics so you must know about inflation you're
1: reading uncle scrooge comics you're probably on TurboTax every day already so it's fine um beyond that I also uh did read fallen world number one I know maybe some valiant fans out there uh or people who even just sort of have a superficial understanding of comics are going Nick didn't that come out last year slash and or over a year ago and um that's true uh I kind of well, I mean, let's do credits first. It's written by Dan Abnett, uh, art by Adam Polina. I best know him for drawing Secret Weapons Number 0. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my least favorite valiant colorist is on this book, Ulysses Areola Sorry, I, you know, I just don't like his color palette. Um, so this is basically a continuation of 4001 AD, which is the summer event that Matt Kent did back in, I want to say the summer of 2016. Uh, it also kind of follows up on the book Rye, which uh, was also a Matt Kent title, uh, also drawn by Clayton Crean. And I believe that was started in 2014. Um, I'm getting this book kind of late because obviously for those people who listen to the show, you know that I really haven't loved what Valiant's done within the past two years, basically. But, um, most of their books right
2: all the salt listeners yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. so
1: like i will try to for those who have heard this before give the very truncated version of this which is just uh, right now it honestly feels like most of these books are just ignoring past events soft resetting uh characters really aren't behaving like they used to books seem to be super insular in terms of interacting with other books And I know some people out there are saying, like, oh, this is Nick, you know, uh, on the front porch in his rocking chair, set in his ways, you know, yelling at people, you know, kicking their soccer ball onto his front lawn. Mm -hmm. And to some extent, I would say, like, I get that concern. I would say if what I was seeing was being done for creative or artistic reasons or I felt it was being done for creative or artistic reasons, I wouldn't have a problem. It's just that for me, what I'm seeing is basically – what I'm understanding to be a set of calculating decisions, calculated decisions that are happening after um, the Bloodshot movie was Sony. The Harbinger movie is now Paramount. And that basically was the writing on the wall that it looks like Valiant is not going to be able to do a shared cinematic universe. And so it looks like a lot of the books that are following that are super insular with the idea that their IP farming with the goal of not having, or the fact that they can't have a shared cinematic universe,
0: or or they're just trying to get people that watch those movies to read the comics, and they don't want to be confused by Look, all these don't ruin this time traveling family this. members yeah. and you know what robots if, in space. Hear me
2: out. What if they're trying to get more readers?
1: I'm not what interested no, in that. I'm what not. What if they're trying to sell more comics? Yeah. I mean, that would be great. Uh, I think they used to they have think,
2: a like, give me 7 covers then yeah. i'll buy more comics <laughs> yeah
1: like like something is not working cuz i believe they used to have like a 1.3 market share and they're down to 0.7% so oh, yeah um oh
2: it is a recession
1: yeah i mean it's so I, i'm sure someone at valiant is saying nick like those books have been in the pipes for months and months and it's not a decision you know this is not the cause and effect relationship you're making it into that's fine um Anyway, who knows? Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to be proven wrong because that would be great things for Valiant and probably better reading for me. In terms of Fallen World, if you liked what Valiant was doing a couple years ago, if you liked the interplay between universes, the continuity between events, um, if you enjoyed a lot of those things and sort of uh, books that were ideal for new readers but also simultaneously rewarding for people who had been invested for months or years – um, I think it's a great sci-fi book. I love Polina's take on Rye. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. I I plan to finish this and then move on to the actual Rye book and we'll see what that's like. Um which is gosh, I wanna say that's also Abnet, but with Juan Jose Reap on art. So yeah. That's all right. That's that's what I've been reading. And um, yeah, I would Again, I would love for Valiant to to prove me wrong on this, but right now, I'm not really liking a lot of what I'm seeing coming out of of Valiant right now and their obsession with getting big two creators that have just been, you know, sitting in the wings at, at big two books forever um <coughs> Brett booth. um <laughs> you know that just what happened to the moneyball approach where it was like finding underrated, and, and undervalued and misutilized creators instead of just yearning for these like old big two names. I don't. I think an, an entire executive
0: handover and change and ownership of the company maybe maybe yeah
1: it could be the fact that somebody two years ago basically got a majority stake in uh valiant yeah it might be related to that be. anyway could i'm be. not mad and i definitely didn't go on for seven minutes so you can put my gold star in the mail mike please <laughs> you got it thank uh, you Kate, what about you um how have you been of comics been?
2: I have been stressed. I mean, there's like a pandemic and everything, but my university, like so many others, was doing this will they, won't they thing, where they're like, I mean, are we gonna open all the dorms with like thousands of kids per dorm? Like maybe, I don't know. And then very last minute, after kids had already started the move in, the news reports keep saying that at least they did it before kids started moving in, and that is not true. There were Mm -hmm. already had already been a move in weekend. They had them like staggered out. So some kids were moving in really early. But anyway, Michigan State did officially say, "Mm, "Okay, never mind. We're going to go totally online. Notre Dame is like on fire right now. And like, we're pretty sure everyone at UNC is dead. So Mm -hmm. like, we're going to go online. So there was that. Um, I was hoping that would make a lot fewer people move to East Lansing right now. So that there's like fewer plague rats running around, bringing all their diseases from wherever they move from. Sure. Uh, specifically one disease that I'm particularly worried about, but it turns out uh, we're still overrun by U-Hauls right now. So that's concerning. But anyway, so I've been stressed with that. Also, I'm doing my qualifying exams at the moment, okay. which is like the um, we're going to give you a test and like no pressure. But if you fail, you are out of the program. So it is oh. one of those fun hurdles you jump through in a Ph.D. Um, it depends on your school and department for what exactly it is. But in computer science at my school, it is we're going to assign you a thesis topic. You're going to write us a thesis paper on it. We're also going to give you some questions, topic areas that are very broad um, that we're going to be able to ask you uh, an oral exam on, as well as a big presentation of your thesis. So you have like okay. a committee and you write your thesis, turn it into them, do an oral ex- um, exam with them where they drill you with questions and then they can pass you or fail you. And if you fail, you're out with the master's degree uh, which would be a real bummer because I already have one of those. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like extra suck. Um, and if, You can also like pass with like reservations where they are like, well, you need to take some extra classes, uh, but otherwise you can stay or you can like just pass, which is what we want. So doing that right now, working on this thesis, the thing about being an assigned a thesis is it's not per se a topic you want to Uh do a whole big thesis on. So it's fine. I mean, just getting it done, but that deadline is approaching. So I've been stressed. So I've been reading. I was like, this is the perfect topic that we're doing this week about books for your younger self. Cause it was Mm -hmm. a really good excuse to every night be reading books that I thought my younger self would like, like very comforting books. Yeah. Yeah. I have actually read a lot of comics, but they're all books I'm going to talk about later. Cause every single one I was like, yes, younger self. Yes. Let's Mm -hmm, go. mm -hmm. So the only one I'm going to talk about right now is actually a listen. So, Way back when, the Nimona audio drama went on sale for a day for $1.99. And I was like, that sounds interesting. I mean, I love that OGN. So for $1.99, sure, I'll see what this is about. And I do like audio dramas in general. Like, I have really been enjoying listening to the BBC's, like the original radio dramas of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. And... Which notably was written for that as like the original, which I think helps because the Nimona audio drama was written by Noelle Stevenson, but obviously it's an adaptation of the OG on which came first. Mm-hmm. In terms of audio quality, like it's full cast performed by so many people that I'm not going to go through all their names, but they're fantastic. There's not a single weak person in the link. Um, there's original music by... Uh, Lauren Tullian, it's a fun last name, Um, but like full sound effects, very high quality. It's two hours and 15 minutes, but I don't think if, if this was my first time coming to it, which of course is hard to gauge because it's not, but I don't think I would have been as emotionally invested in Nimona and Blackheart's friendship because so much of that is their physical dynamic with one another and the expressiveness that, noelle stevenson does with the art in that book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um so i don't think i would have been invested in it. like namona is much cuter in the book to me than when it's just audio uh, maybe in part because you just have an adult woman's voice for her versus right. ever seeing her as i don't know like i i definitely felt she was much younger than blackheart in the book so they had much more of that like Mm, pseudo daughter pseudo dad vibe to me in the book um which i didn't get much of in much of at all in the audio drama and then um which like a lot of the the words are identical so it's hard like they basically make it work with the same speech with having like a voiceover narrator for a lot of it telling you describing the scene right so the um in terms of words, it's the same. So I think a lot of that was like made me appreciate the art a lot more. The other thing is I'm not sure that I would have understood the Lord Ballister Blackheart and Sir Ambrosius Goldenloin backstory without having read the OGN beforehand. That was much fuzzier in terms of why, why um, Goldenloin betrayed Blackheart and what all was happening there. And the, it was like a romantic thing. Um Unless I'm crazy, it was a romantic thing in the OGN, right?
0: I, I took it to be that way, like they okay. were kind of spurned that, lovers, but like what that's I
2: had too in my memory. Maybe that's
0: like, just us inserting our own like maybe you know, AU into the story.
2: <laughs> possible, but seems unlikely with Stevenson as yeah, the writer. Yeah,
0: exactly. I, so agree. I agree. I agree. I
2: was like waiting for that in the audio, and I'm not sure that I would have caught it. It's like kind of there, but I'm not sure that I would have caught it. So those were the big differences to me. If you like Nimona, I would still recommend listening to this. If you can get it inexpensively, I don't know that I would pay like use a full cost audio uh, audible like credit on it, um, mostly because it's two hours. Like get get yourself a Brandon Sanderson doorstopper of a 50 hour book. (laughs) Like um, but anyway, especially if you like the stuff like the BBC's Hitchhiker's Guide, it's fun. Radio gotcha. dramas are fun to me. So how about well, you, Mike?
0: Oh, uh, well, I have been pretty good. I was having a very ha- stressful handful of weeks uh-huh. um, before last week. And then I took a week off from work, like a planned like vacation. Kelly and I had like, we were planning at the beginning of this year to go to North Carolina and go sit on a beach for a week. And then the world decided to stop. Uh-huh. Um, And so instead she and I rented an Airbnb up in like the kind of the small town of New York uh, in New York state. And we just kind of went up there and stayed for three days and just like stayed inside, ordered out dinner every night and just like, didn't do anything which is basically all we wanted to do like we could have stayed at home but i had this airbnb credit that like because <laughs> i had canceled an airbnb earlier this year um, because of the the whole pandemic and uh the airbnb was like hey instead of refunding you what if we just didn't take a service charge and gave you all this as a credit and it was like six seven hundred bucks and i was like Sure. That's that's more than I was going to pay for this Airbnb. And so we used some of that credit to go up and just stay for a weekend. And it was mostly just incredibly relaxing to just not have to worry about anything and not be at home and not have to be in a big city. Um and so yeah, I had a very nice relaxing week that was really needed because my um anxiety was really getting to me <laughs> before that. But <laughs> in in that week of staying i read a lot of comic books mostly i read one piece but i did sit down and read uh love on the other side this is by nagabe um this is from seven seas the publisher also the creator of the series the girl from the other side su um which is a really dark but also incredibly heartwarming story about a little girl who is trapped on the quote other side of the big like world um in that there's like this medieval town that where everybody lives on the inside. And then there's the other side of the wall where all of these outsiders live and they corrupt people and no one knows what it is. And it's really mysterious, but it's about this, uh, this outsider who takes care of this little girl. Um, and it's very, very charming. Like it's probably one of the most interesting manga I have ever read. Uh, I highly recommend it to everybody who wants to see some very beautiful work done on black Inc. I I know I've talked about it on the show, but anyways, love on the other side, completely unrelated to the series girl from the other side. It just happens to have a similar name. Um, It's a collection of short stories by Nagabe that features anthropomorph anthropomorphological, animals and humans being in love that's a really hard <laughs> word for my mouth to say um so you get like a story about a bat who is a vampire and has no reflection that thinks they're a human and this woman who is in love with this this bat and i was like oh this is kind of creepy vampire stuff it's like no this vampire thought that they were unlovable and this woman showed up and isn't madly in love with them. And it's them kind of accepting that, that love from somebody. Um, and, and there's like, it's, it's just all little stories that are kind of creepy, but also really heartwarming. Like Nagabe has this knack for really writing that line of like, this is kind of creepy, but also I find this really charming. Um, so if I think this definitely isn't for everybody, I think if you're kind of weirded out by the uh, like idea of, i don't want to say weird out by furries because that's kind of i feel like that's insulting and i don't want to want to be like that but if you're not on board for like humanized animals like being in love with humans and and things like that maybe this isn't for you but i think that um this is a fantastic book it was a really easy read i really enjoyed every single story they were the perfect length um and again it's it's all just kind of heartwarming stories about people being in love and it's not like physical love it is just like the idea of a, a father and a daughter or the idea of you know someone who doesn't think they're deserving of love finding love in in the strangest place Um, and yeah so I think I want to read everything by this creator I I know that I need to get down and sit Uh, sit down and read the wise, wise beasts of wizarding wisdoms that Nagabe also did. It's like a, it's a BL kind of story. Uh, The summary is deep in the forest lies a mysterious school of magic, wisdoms and institutions attended by beast men of all kinds. These studious fantasy creatures have come to live, learn, and perhaps even fall in love in this enchanting space in this collection of BL stories by master mangaka Nagabe follow the beauty and surprising humor of magical beasts with human hearts because you know what this i don't know what it is this creator has a very a very specific type of comic that she wants (laughs) to make and i'm here for it every single time um so i i need to read that one but love on the other side i highly would recommend that if you want just an interesting uh collection of short stories that isn't like a junji ito horror or your typical shonen um like one shot i I think this is really really good um the other book I want to talk about is Undead by Blood, numbers four and five. This is by Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler with art by Sammy Cavella. Uh, this is from Aftershop Comics. And I, I think I've talked about this series on the show as well. Um, but it's a, it's a story that takes place in the early 70s. Our main character, Ethel Grady Lane, returns to her hometown of Sweetheart, Arizona, with one thing on her mind, killing the man who murdered her family this is a very serious book in comparison to love on the other side. Um, But man, if, if, if you're looking for a Western, like this book hits that, I I know it takes place in the seventies, but um, it's parallelized or paralleled with a story that is like from a prose book in this in the world of the comic that is a western and you can see like this parallel story being told in the book as well as with ethel's story as she tries to figure out who the person was um that murdered her family and i will say with the last two issues things get incredibly intense very fast and then it ends um and this first book uh, this first five issues is like the first quote-unquote story in this i guess ongoing series that's going to happen of Maybe focusing on different characters or something. I feel like Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler, great great team of writers. Um, I'm hoping that they'll turn this into like a criminal style story, uh, like Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips's Criminal, where it's just different stories that kind of take place in the same universe. I think this has the potential for that. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for like a good western revenge story, there's anger, violence, and justice all in five issues, and I think this is going to be a really good read in a collection if you're looking for that. So
2: anger and violence is really all i want ever at all times
0: yeah i think you would i think you would like you know
2: me that is my vibe
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i think you would dig this uh maybe not but uh yeah let's let's move on we're running really long here so um let's talk about our comic picks really quick comics are coming out on august 26th 2020 what are you guys excited for this week i'm gonna jump over to you kate
2: i'm excited for cody volume one by jared cullum um This is an IDW book for all ages that looks exactly up my comfort read alley right now, where it's a story of friendship between a bear and a little girl. The girl, Katya, goes to spend the summer up in Alaska and becomes great friends with this bear, obviously Kodiak bear, um, And then she returns home to Seattle and the bear has to do what it takes to reunite with his fragile human friend. And the cover art is all that I was able to find, but it looked really sweet and colorful and happy and relaxing. So I'm here for this. Um, Let's go on a journey as a bear through the world to find our friend.
0: I love it. I love it. I, I just saw the cover for it. It looks beautiful. Doesn't
2: it look nice?
1: It looks like very beautiful.
2: Right there, right in the fields.
0: Absolutely. Nick, what about you? What are you excited for this week?
1: Uh, so for me this week, my pick has definitely got to be Black Magic number 13. Um, probably a fitting number for a book about witchcraft and whatnot to um, land upon as an issue number. Uh, I think probably the biggest thing for me that I'm just absolutely freaking shocked about, uh, there's not a whole lot I have to say, but honestly, I, I'm i not only surprised that this book is actually it's still a thing, but I'm more shocked that apparently it was still a thing last month. Yeah. I, I guess that just goes to show... Um, with how just wild and weird things have been with what's going on just how out of the loop I am when it comes to weekly releases and uh yeah that's it's uh I'm just so happy to find out that it's back considering um Issue 11 came out in March of 2018. Um, Right, right. Most most books don't take a hiatus of two years and four months and uh, come back. That just... Uh, Unless unless you're heathen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, um, I mean, I I guess apparently, like, a lot of this isn't actually... A lot of it is actually Rucka deliberately delaying things so that Scott had enough time to draw a great amount of the arc before issues started coming out. So yeah, I guess Scott was also moving in the middle of this arc. So yeah. And, and again, you know, it doesn't really matter. I don't really care why, you know, the book's delayed. I'm just happy that it's back. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, just, I guess one positive about image comics, (laughs) because you wouldn't have been able to tell DC, you know, can you just give me two and a half years, please? Um, right, right um so
0: well yeah i i also had that book as as my pick but uh yeah because i was just as shocked that issue 12 came out like in my mind i was like i is this book done are they moving it to graphic novel because i don't think that there was any talk about it getting canceled i think it was just extreme delay but you know what i'd rather have eight months off six months on than you know than having sporadic issues kind of come out whenever because it's really hard to track and keep like keep up on those kinds of stories. So I'm I, hopefully this means that books will just come out through this arc at a regular pace and we'll have a couple months off. I mean, I would much rather do that as a reader, but yeah. Um my my pick for this week other than black magic was uh Hellions number three. This is by Zeb Wells, uh Steven Segovia uh on art, David Curiel on colors, and Ariana Maher on letters. Um I We'll be completely honest here. This is one of those X-Men books that I was certain I was not going to like when it came out. It is full of B, C, D list X-Men characters that I have really no context on. Um, but it's some, there's something about these like bad, quote unquote, mutants that is extremely fun. Uh, I mean, the team is wild, right? It's Havoc, Orphan Maker, Nanny, Wild Child, Empath, Scalp Hunter, and Psylocke, aka <laughs> Quanon. Um, you could like, just those could all not be X Men and I but, wouldn't know the difference. Listen, <laughs> listen. As list someone off. who watched, as someone who watched the Suicide Squad roll call video from DC fandom yesterday, like watching thing, that, right? it, it's the same exact thing. I was like, "What? There? What? Who are these? Kids? There's a polka dot man. What the fuck is happening?" So, like, that's that's exactly what this team is. And I, I was so just like, I don't want uh, to be into this at all. It's really weird. But I forgot, X Men isn't
1: in the title. There isn't yeah. even an X in the. title title those so, are my two hell, criteria my name is mike rapin this is how you become an x-men book <laughs> typically yes i
0: mean you are 100 <laughs> 100 right i mean th- the thing is like i forget that zeb wells is a very deep diving writer like he 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 likes to go into the weird stuff and like the side characters and stuff he did that on his run of spider-man way 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 back in the day when they were doing three spider-man books a month back when i was re- reading Ama- amazing spider-man um and I always enjoyed his issues. I know he did stuff for New Mutants for a while that I don't remember reading. I think I just wasn't reading a New Mutants book at the time, but nonetheless he, he's a pretty talented writer and really I like this book. I like this book a lot. Like I, I in my head I'm wondering, is this why people like the Suicide Squad comics? Is it do I like Suicide Squad? Is that what I have to read now? Um <laughs> I mean, it, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to make that like one to one comparison because I don't think that it's actually right. But this book is like dark and weird. And it's, it's funny when every single character is an edgelord. Um, <laughs> and, and somehow the book is very, is very fun. Like, uh, and, and like we've got Orphan Maker and Nanny which are like this duo like robot mutant and then like another robot mutant and they want to take care of you and Havoc is like but, but I'm a good guy except for he was like a really really bad guy for a while he's you know Cyclops brother it runs in the Summers family to be a bad guy for a while um, <laughs> Wild Child it's, is it's like it's on I the to do
1: list of every Summers yeah, family it, yeah every effort. Summers
0: child has a you know a path that they have to take eventually they will be the villain I'm bored um,
1: I can't think of anything to do
0: have you tried yeah, so, uh, uh, being a bad guy? Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, I don't know. Something about this book makes it really work. And I, re- I really love the first two issues. There's twists and turns left and right that I feel like totally makes sense. And I really, really like that. So, um, looking forward to it. I was going to pick X Factor, but I didn't think I wanted to go on a tirade about how clunky I thought the first issue was again. So, um, yeah. But anyways, that's that's my pick for this week. We Again, we're running long. We're, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to revisit a topic that we talked about almost a hundred episodes ago. So we'll be back in just a second. For our show this week, we are revisiting an episode topic that we did way, way back on episode 170. It's almost 100 episodes ago. That's almost two years ago, strangely enough. Um, But we're going to be talking about comic books that you would send to your younger camping self. Someone that, you know, you would make up a care package and mail it to yourself back when you were like 10, 11, 12, 13 at camp. Um, Whether that's Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts computer camp, I don't know, something where you basically are sleep away camp for a week or so, and you just need something to read on those boring days out in the sun or at night or something, or if it's raining at camp. So Nick, Kate, and I have come up with a list of things that we would probably send to our younger selves. So let's just dive into it. Um, you know, a lot of these books are trying to aim for maybe all ages, but who knows? You have an edgy 12-year-old self. Maybe that's what you wanted to send them. So Kate, let's start with one of your picks. What's one of the first books you could grab from today and mail it to your younger self?
2: I think Lumberjanes is like the immediate obvious pick that comes to mind because it is about girls at like basically Girl Scout camp, having fun and being awesome and it being okay to be different and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the book by Noelle Stevenson, Shannon Waters, Grace Ellis and Brooke Allen. Um, I think that would be cool to read as a kid so many books that are out now i'm like man i wish my younger confused self had had this about it right like everyone else is weird too and everyone else is worried what other people think too and oh by the way it's okay to be gay and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. um but i think that one is a lot of fun and could be easily passed around at camp um in the same vein, by noelle stevenson namona i think would be a lot of fun and i saw Mm -hmm. that was on your list too mike
0: yeah, I, Nimona is definitely one of those books that I appreciate now. And I also think that the younger me would be like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, it's really goofy yeah. that this person is wants to be a villain. And, like, it's such a switch on, like, the typical type of story um, that, you know, it, I think that I would have appreciated as a kid to be like, yeah, this is kind of weird and niche. And, like, no one wants to be the bad guy except for these two. And, like, I, I think that it would have been a book that probably would have stayed in my head for a really long time. Like, I don't know if you guys had this when you were little or younger, but like you read a book and there are just pieces of it that really, really get locked into your head. And for some reason, you know, even 15, 20 years later, you kind of come back to it and reflect on it and be like, this is something that maybe defined some of the stuff that I did as I got older, or it was a story that I kept coming back to as being, this is so unique. And I think that if I read Nimona when I was like, you know, 11 or 12, this would be one of those books. Um, and it's something that I want to give to like every younger reader who is out there to be like, look at this alternate take on like a fantasy style story about dragons and castles and um, just being like a villain, but also not being a bad person. And I, cause yeah. I think that that's something we, that book explores really, really well.
2: Well, and it really gets to that thing that is so common in kids: is you're treated badly, so you feel like a bad kid, and so you act like a bad kid, but actually, mm-hmm. you're not a bad kid, and that, right. like that, and I, that's definitely one of the reasons that I think it'd be great for my younger self at that point. Um, I also just think the fantasy elements are really attractive and appealing to younger, <laughs> at least younger me would have been yeah. all about that. I mean, what, there's a character who can transform into a dragon?
0: Yeah, fuck oh, yeah. Give me a yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i right there. with you. I think the idea of transforming into a dragon was very attractive to me as a little kid, too. So <laughs> I totally get that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess like Nick, what, Nick, what about you? What's uh, what's on your list? Well, at least one of them.
1: Yeah. So like definitely one of them for me. And it's sort of like a blanket category. But like, I mean, outside of like me sending myself like two Greyhound tickets to come back home and uh and the child protective services number to call and report my parents for sending me to camp how dare they
2: Uh, hello would you like to report something yeah
1: my parents sent me to camp what the hell
2: you were that camper oh Uh, my god as a camp counselor i know you now i know that kid
1: yeah well you don't know because this kid made sure he never got sent to these places because uh you know, like acted out. He acted I, yeah, out as I, a kid. <laughs> um, so like, definitely, like, if we're talking like thirteen year old me, I kind of did the math on this, and this would have been like right around right before Star Wars Episode One. And considering like Star Wars was the only, you know, like Nick White interest, Tunnel Vision was Star Wars from like mm-hmm. ninety two to like two thousand and four. Um, this definitely would have been like still within the, those confines and. This was definitely when I was like going to the middle school library at school printing up every single page of the Star Wars uh episode 1 website and putting it into oh a God. binder so oh I could hell yeah. so I could have access to the website <laughs> offline when I went home and I could read all of it.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, we are learning things about Can, Nick today, people. My point is No,
2: this is not. This is exactly if someone's like, could you like just like it's not really a prediction because it's the past, but could you, like, just tell me about Nick as a child? I'll be like, well, he hasn't told me, but I, I can tell you Nick as a child. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so I guess what I'm saying is, like, I was clearly still into Star Wars at this point. Yes. And so if I was giving myself books back then, it, it I, I think it would be easy to say, like, send back the, the Marvel stuff sure the 2015 onwards marvel stuff but knowing me at the time like i would have been like nah man i want that weird shit so so we're definitely talking like dark horse star wars um especially the end of the end of dark horse having the license stuff which was really bizarre oh no i'm not even talking that like i'm talking like years before that when marvel totally forgot that they had even given away um the license to star wars like i'm i'm talking back when basically like the editorial oversight was more or less like um like lucas more or less would call dark horse and be like hey uh are you still making star wars comics oh you are all right cool bye and like that was it like that was it that was that was how much they paid attention i mean researching this episode last night i re i i I located on comixology unlimited shadows of the empire number five which i had a print copy of when i was a kid and i read this thing to death and it was one of those terrifying moments where like you reconnect with something that you read like 400 times as a kid you Mm -hmm. haven't seen it in probably over 20 years and yet like every panel you're like oh my gosh i remember this oh my gosh i remember this oh my gosh i remember this and i love that stuff i love that stuff so much i think i would have absolutely adored it as a kid um especially because you know this was still legends continuity and whatnot so it's Mm -hmm. sort of all Mm -hmm. connected with everything i knew so definitely mid 90s dark horse comics would have been the best absolutely the best so you're basically just sending comics to yourself that existed at the time you were at camp basically existed at the time but i neither had the money or the connections to access them at that point yes exactly I see. I see. thank yeah. you future self for having the money to buy these comics for <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> <laughs> i mean like you know this was back in the day when like when i got comics was like when i got sick and my dad was like well i better go get the ginger ale you know, from the store and here's the comic rack. And so, you know, I got that and Mm -hmm. I got the droids comic that Anthony Daniels apparently um, co-wrote, which if he did, I would definitely disavow that. Um, But books like that, for sure.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, in that same vein, then, I mean, I'm looking at books like I I was like, you know, I really want to send something to myself that would be like transformative and it would make my mind richer. But like, don't try this. (laughs) <laughs> no no th- this is not the kind of stuff i i mean like i said i think in the last one i i wanted to send back super mutant magic academy because like i think that's also kind of like a pneumonia like haha the entire time like it's very sarcastic you're just gonna send back yourself
1: fun. like watchmen and like batman no, no, no. year <laughs> one
0: and... <laughs> no 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 so but that's, that's what i'm saying i don't think i want to send anything that's gonna be like let's teach mike about this thing instead right. i would send myself one punch man right like yeah. one punch man volume one is like like pedal to the metal like action in your face explosions with some stupid gag humor that i think i would have as a 12 or 13 year old found really really funny i'm sure that i would have been confused about reading right to left but after i got over that hump i think i would have been like this is this is just dudes having like big muscles and fighting each other and then like everyone has superpowers and blah blah you know i would have been all about like the hero association and all the stuff that they do um i mean that that comic that manga is like super just action-packed it's everything that i think i would want as a kid um just reading i realized that it's a little bit m- more mature than probably what a 13 year old should be reading but then again at the time i thought i was pretty cool and i was watching r-rated movies and getting scared <laughs> by them so yeah, i watched like, terminator
1: 2 mom that means you can't tell me what to do <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it's like i mean i would go to my aunt's house, aunt and uncle's house and i would sit down and i'd watch like like action movies from the 90s that i had no right to watch like movies that were definitely (laughs) rated r yeah like there's a what's the movie with gina davis where she like loses all of her memory and then becomes like a super assassin do you guys know a league of their own no
1: No, No, that's definitely not not it (laughs) a league of her own oh no um but no no, sorry it was a different gina davis movie i guess
0: no, I mean, I I would definitely want to read something like One Punch Man that's a little bit older than my age range, but at the same is that like time, like Efem Nikita, Mike. No, I I don't think that that's what it is either. I'm trying to I'm trying to find it, but like either way, it's like. Uh, it would still be just, like, something that I think would be, like, advanced for me. But at the same time, it would be something that I really, really like. I don't know. Um, somebody else talk about something else. I'm, I'm looking up okay. this stupid movie. So, in my Please. much
2: more wholesome childhood, okay. um, <laughs> this one, Summer, is also an incredible book by Mariko and Jillian Tamaki. Yes. And, I mean, this one won, what, the kelda Caldecott Honor. It got a it's a Prince Honor book. It won mm-hmm. the Eisner. Like this book is incredible. And it's also very much the kind of book that I really enjoyed when I was at that 12 kind of age range, 11, 12 mm-hmm. And th- this book is about these friends who meet up at a in the summer, every summer their parents are at the same place. And like last summer they were kids, but this summer they're kind of at that tipping point where there's sh- things are kind of Um, They notice parents fighting and things with older teenagers in town and stuff like that. And they're kind of evolving into just kind of the adolescence and um, everything that goes with that. And that's a really hard time. And I think having a book like this to kind of guide you through would have been, A, I would have just loved the story. It's just so well done. But also it can... It gets to that thing of like, okay, everyone's weird. Everyone's confused. And no one knows how to do. Everyone's awkward in adolescence. It's not yeah. just you. Um, and everyone's family has their own issues and stuff. So I think I would have really liked it. Um back then and again did it come to mind because it has summer in the title yeah maybe mike maybe it did no no but but, like it's still a good i'm
0: not not judging you for that i i
2: think uh, you i heard it through the waves but um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) no so it's interesting that you say that because i really liked this one summer like i really really enjoyed that book my 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 only questioning here is is this so this one summer is a fantastic film to read Now, as like a in my thirties, right? Um, and maybe even probably in my twenties, I'd be like, yeah, you know, remember I was a teenager and it was kind of awkward. I really liked that that book goes through making you watch characters evolve through the story, and like, like you see them kind of reflect based on things that they heard other people say. Like that to Mm -hmm. me was like, like hurt me in the chest when I read that Mm -hmm. some of those moments in the book. My question is: Is that something that's only great to read because you are older and you can reflect back on your time as a kid when that happened to you, or in would your younger self, or would someone who's in that age range right now appreciate that and understand what's happening in the story? That's my only concern because definitely, I think-
2: yeah, I wouldn't. I would have read it in a very different way back then. Yeah, this that, is that's what the I mean. age range for this is twelve to eighteen officially. Like if you check at the publisher what the publisher sure. thinks they're marketing it to, so. Because um, I did look at that. It is classified as YA. But I think you're right in that you get something very different out of it by reading it as an adult. Yeah. And there's a lot more subtext and stuff like that that you pick up. But would I have still really liked it when I was 11 or 12? Yeah, I think I would have. Yeah
0: well and Um, i I, I guess i'm not trying to like uh devalue your your appreciation of the book like even if you were to say like my younger self would like it because i think that yeah
2: no but you're right you get something different
0: yeah and i think you get something but i also think that reading it as a younger kid you would go oh you'd be aware of some of that stuff maybe or you would relate to it a lot more than i think you you would reading it now so i think there's definitely merit in it i just am like i gotta call that out because i think like part of that is just nostalgia when i read it like Mm -hmm. i've been to those kinds of beach houses i've been to those kinds of like movie stores it's the only store in town kind of thing um and i've and and as as an adult i've seen those fucking teenagers hanging out outside and what are they doing it's too late they shouldn't be at this place they don't have any money Um, loitering should be a felony I'm not
2: oh my god!
0: <laughs> I'm not that kind of curmudgeon at least not yet um, but yeah I, I looked up the movie that I was talking about by the way it's called The Long Kiss Goodnight um, it's got Sam Jackson in it and Gina Davis and boy oh boy um, I was far too young <laughs> to have watched that movie I just want to say that it came out in 1996 and I definitely saw it like in 96 97 maybe 98 so I would have been like anywhere between 8 and 10 years old when I saw that so like you know have some supervision I guess. I don't know. Uh, but let's let's talk about uh, another book. Um Nick, what else did you have on your list cuz I don't want to go into the irresponsibilities of Mike's extended family. No,
1: I feel like that's going to be a Patreon episode for sure. It's going to be your childhood. <laughs> what mistakes did your family make? The the Patreon bonus series. Oh man. Um like another one for me would would probably have to be like uh like Future Quest by Jeff Parker and Doc Shaner. Um, This was the book they did at DC a few years ago. Yeah, they did start rotating artists at a certain point. But I think even though Doc Shaner came off the book, I think you had like Steve Rude, I think, did a couple issues. And he, Mm -hmm. you know, also has kind of a clean retro-esque style like Shaner. So it wasn't a problem. Um, So, yeah, this was Jeff Parker and Doc Shaner. Uh, It was basically a smashing together of a lot of their... Hanna Barbera properties i believe mm-hmm. so it was mm-hmm. um what did you have in there Yeah, like johnny quest space ghost uh space ghost absolutely um there were definitely uh Hawk some man who i basically like listing all the characters that i know at one point also had adult swim tv shows <laughs> uh. <laughs> right right basically yeah it was uh yeah space ghost and um johnny quest and um i can't Flash remember Gordon. the name of those two kids who had like the the monkey sidekick and um harvey wonder birdman, Twins? harvey birdman oh that's what i'm thinking at Hawkman, uh, harvey one. birdman yeah so um and i the, the the guy who looked like he-man but wasn't he-man and the herculoids is that it i think anyway oh, brother i don't know we're digging way we're too getting, deep we're now. digging I have no idea. really deep now yeah um So I I had a lot of fun with that book. It was, you know, sort of low risk, a lot of of fun, super clean, uh, engaging art. Um, And I think I would have liked it, even though, interestingly enough, at the time I read it, um, and certainly it wouldn't have been true of of me as a a younger kid either because um, of uh, how chronology works. Um, I really wasn't familiar with most of these characters at all um but i still really enjoyed it and i think this was definitely something i picked up just because uh when well the simple fact that when doc shaner says he's going to do a monthly book you just pick up the book that's it like right it doesn't matter <laughs> what it is but younger you would have had no idea i would have had no <laughs> fucking clue what was going on i probably would have known who johnny quest was and that probably would have been the end of it but you know and this is something we've talked about before like when you're a kid like you don't read the first five pages of a comic that you've randomly picked up and go well you know i don't understand the greater context of this book and i feel (laughs) like i'm i feel like i've been dropped in the middle of this and i feel like i'm not going to get a thorough appreciation for what's going on here because of it so i bid you adieu right you're just as a kid you're like I don't f- fuck it. Like uh I'm going to read this 90 times so I'll figure it out. Right. I'll make up my own story
0: yes. as to how this all came together.
1: <laughs> right. And that's like the beautiful part about reading comics as a kid is it's like you don't have those stupid hang-ups of like am I going to fully appreciate this? It's like who cares? Um So yeah, definitely future yeah. quest and in the exact same vein with the exact same team um their work on Flash Gordon from mm-hmm. 2014 mm-hmm. uh same thing retroish retroish adventure slash um pulpy sci-fi uh you know just a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I think that would be like those those are the types of stories that are, you know, they're old characters and so they have like these classic stories to build off of and I'm sure that, you know, Jeff Parker and and Doc Shayner, Evan Shayner, you know, took twists in the story to make it more re- relevant to the modern times, but Right. um Yeah I mean it's it would still probably just as entertaining like my gauge for a lot of this at this point you know like from what we're doing now compared to what we did like two years ago is comics that I could just give to my 10 year old nephew like if I could give these to him safely I think that we're probably safe which is why I should have put cucumber quest on here because that book is wonderful what it's. It's called Cucumber Quest. Okay. It is one of the most magical books you can ever read. And it's about a brother and sister and they're trying to stop the world from ending because there's an evil, like, you know, big, bad, evil person. And, and all of the characters are super lovable. And my nephew, he devoured the first four graphic novels. And every time I talk to him, he's asking me for the next one. And I'm like... I don't know, man, it's a web comic and they only get collected so often, dude.
1: <laughs> I just can't wait so. to find out like, that like, this is a book he discovered on his own and he was so happy to like share comics with you. And he just no, like, no, no. gave it to you. And you're like, man, this is, this is for babies. And you just like, <laughs> threw no, no, it. no. It, it was the other way around. Someone turned
0: <laughs> I, me onto this and I read it and I really liked it. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to buy all of these for him. And he loves them to death. Um, itty bitty Hellboy was also another one that he liked, but I think it was because he got to say the H word. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but no I, another book that i actually had on my list um uh, i don't know why i didn't put cucumber quest on here but um i had the adventure zone um volume one the here there be Ger- gerblins and i mean i'll put all of my my issues with the adventure zone podcast aside for this because their story that they ultimately put together is very fun and it's lighthearted and goofy i don't necessarily think it's again a book that's aimed at a super younger audience but right, i think that right. there are there's enough to be enjoyed um, by somebody like a kid that would just want to read a goofy fantasy story. And like, you don't need to know anything about D&D. You just need to kind of yeah. see that there's like a narrator going on that that is kind of playing into the story a little bit in a meta way. And I think that, I think that a younger reader would probably enjoy it and think that it's really goofy and off the cuff again, just like Nimona where there's kind of like this fantasy story about, you know, wizards and they're saving things, but also there's like a, a, you know, a human being that's in the regular world talking to these characters um, would be really funny. And I think that that would like have probably, like struck something in my brain to be like you can tell stories like this you yeah. can have like this this and I probably wouldn't know allowed? the verbiage for it but you can yeah exactly like is this allowed in a, in a fictional story where you have a person that exists outside of the story interacting with the story and making changes within the story as it's happening I think would have been groundbreaking for me as a little kid and again this is why I have a whole other rant about why I think like D&D is the most fun you can ever have when you're playing with someone who's never played it before who's very young who do doesn't have all of these tropes and things built into their mind. And instead, they're just like, I want to be a, you know, a sword wheeling uh, orc who, you know, flies on the back of a cow. Like, sure, let's do that. Like, let's fucking have fun with it. Um, and I think that's exactly what the Adventure Zone does for the fantasy genre in a lot of ways like within the narrative of D &D and stuff but um i think reading it as a younger kid i probably would have totally fallen in love with it um plus the art style is fantastic like carrie peach's art is to die for and i everybody should take a look at it and that book's really fun and there's three volumes out but if i could only send one i just send the first one so you can get to know the characters and everything i don't know if you guys have checked that out at all but it's it's fun stuff it is fun stuff but uh kate what else do you have on your list
2: um, the Prince and the Dressmaker I just read like two days ago by Jen Wang and it is so perfect and so sweet and so I, I loved it so much and I mm-hmm. also think it would have been a good one for me to read um, when I was younger. I think it would have been a good one for everyone to read in the 90s when they were young and calling yeah. boys uh, girls if they were doing something they didn't like because girls is a derogatory term. Yeah, um, yeah. and all that bullshit that we all just accepted as like a thing back then so Mm -hmm. I the art is so well done the color work is incredible everything is just mm, chef kiss so good like it's one of those OGNs that like once you finish it and you I did inhale this in one sitting and then you finish Mm -hmm. it and you're like well shit whatever I read next isn't gonna be as good (laughs) and so like what am I supposed to do so I think it would have been perfect for like a rainy day at camp kind of read
0: Hmm. this is one of those books when i finished it um was like i don't understand how this isn't a disney animated film yes, like the, the, in- t- the entire thing from beginning to end feels like a disney yep. film um and i, I realized that that's i think that's like not really appreciating the comic but i i what i the reason i say that is because it has that sense of whimsy it has that sense of like like fantasy and excitement and like positivity that you would expect out of a Disney movie. And there are like, like there's a dark side to the book that is kind of there Um that, you know, the, the Prince is hiding who they actually are. But like, man, like from beginning to end, you can feel like the fantasy of this story come to life. And it fills you with the excitement that I think you get out of like some of those older Disney movies, you know, for all their problems and stuff that they have. Um This book, like from beginning to end just has that, wholesome feel to it and by no means is it like pushing anything on you it is just accepting the story as it is and it's like you think that the the idea of like the prince hiding who they are is like this derogatory thing and that it's gonna be oh i can't believe that you wear dresses it's not even about that it's that like the prince has to be the prince who has to like rule this country but they also have this other side to them that they they don't show anybody because it's not who everyone expects them to be and i just yeah, that book is so fucking good. It's like probably it's one of the best comics I've ever read hands down. It's like, oh, Jen Wang, just give yeah. me more. <laughs>
2: well, and part of the reason it reads like a Disney movie is because the artwork is such that the visual flow of it is very similar to that. Like there's a very cinematic feel to it in the same way yes. that Tilly Walden's books uh, um, visually flow and have movement in them so well. Just the panel design as such and the, like, the angles and the just... I wish that all comics had that. Honestly, it's just mm-hmm. such a so much smoother reading experience. Um I had Tilly Walden books on my list too, but I yeah, for for older campers, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, these are for the like, camp counselors.
2: Well, no. I mean, like, I still did camping stuff when I was a teenager.
0: Yeah, yeah. But,
2: like, Spinning and On a Sunbeam both are about kids going through that whole adolescence phase of trying to figure out who they are and what they want and kind of found family aspects, which I think Mm -hmm. goes well with camp. Um, That I definitely think both of these books would have been... Okay, so disclaimer, I'm like a third of the way through Spinning. I have not finished it. But so far, um, both of these books, I think, would have been appropriate for like a 13 or 14-year-old. And I think I would have loved.
0: I I think Spinning would have been a book that I would have read at like 14 or 15 and been like, holy shit. Like, I think it it would have floored me. I think it would have like... It would have made me think that Tilly Walden is so fucking cool for telling this story of yeah. like everyday life, um, that I wouldn't have known what to do with it. I would have I would have devoured everything that she did. Cause at this at this point this when she was I'm writing right spinning, <laughs> like but like at this point, if I was fifteen reading spinning, like she's only a handful of years older than me. Right. Yeah. Like that to me would have fucking destroyed my life because I would have quit computers and tried to be a comic book writer. Like, um and I mean and I say destroy, I mean like it would have taken me in a radically different direction. Um, but like that's the thing about that book is it's so raw and she's such a talented creator um at such a young age, it's mind blowing. And I think like I would have read the afterword and I would have been like, She's only how old? I can do this. (laughs) Um yeah, I'm 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 totally with you on that. I think it's definitely not something for like twelve year old me i think it would have been like 14 15 16 year old me um but yeah i I definitely i think that that should be on the list here
1: um nick what about you what's what's one more you've got in your bag sure um i i would have to say i think um i mean part of me was tempted to say like the 2012 reboot of like ninja turtles but Mm -hmm. like ninja turtles 1999 was basically i think probably at a point when they were like probably totally off everyone's radar so i don't think you could have gotten me to get into that uh at all at that point but i think atomic robo would have been a pretty safe bet um this is by writer brian clevenger artist uh scott wegener um i've i've often called this book kind of like the slightly more YA version of hellboy uh it's basically hellboy if you want to sleep at night um because (laughs) you've right because you've got like you've got this like really interesting um protagonist who you know has these really unique abilities and he seems to sort of Uh, be immortal or doesn't age and so you have this character that exists in all of these different periods of time right and kind of interacts with different elements of history some of which are kind of like real some of which are kind of speculative or, or or conspiracy theory oriented so like i said it's basically hellboy except like you might actually be able to go to bed when you finish it, which is why i would be sending this and not hellboy um in addition to like like you said earlier like I probably wouldn't feel comfortable being like, Hey, check out this book with hell in the title. So, um, so I, I think this would have been a pretty good pick for someone who had an overactive imagination and really didn't need any encouragement in terms of like struggling to get to bed at night. So like, This would be big on the same vein. I would also just to throw in one Valiant book, I would say Matt Kintz Rye. I think I think it's a smart, fun book. But I think back then I would have been like, oh, my God, this book is like the smartest thing ever. This art is the craziest art ever. I think (laughs) I would have absolutely been floored by it. And of course, it would be science fiction. So, like, how could I uh, say no to that? So, right. um,
0: I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think Rye would almost be, I think, a bit too much. But I also Maybe. would have... Yeah. Coming close to, like, the age where I was like, The Matrix is the coolest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. It was 1990.
1: Like, I mean, it was 99 for me. So, yeah, Matrix would have been, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, yeah, 99 would have been, like, 11,
0: 12-ish. And, like, yeah, that I think I would have fallen fallen hard for a book like that. I totally get it. Um, yeah, I guess, I, I don't know. I have... I, I had uh, Nimona I, I, that was all that I had on my list was there anything else you guys wanted to mention before we wrap up here any other books or
1: do we want to reflect even more on our past as children reading comics what's What's the one X-Men book Mike that you think above all that you would have been like <sighs> that's a tough one I would have sent myself what is it God loves man killed God yeah, loves right. man nice killed try. No. don't, don't <laughs> even <lie>. laugh.
0: It's interesting because I think that I would have read God Loves Man Kills and not gotten it for another ten years. Uh, just then, like I think I would have read it and been like, it's about the X-Men and the X-Men, you should accept people. Like I think I would have gotten the core message, but I don't think that I would have understood what the book was trying to say. Um, if that makes any sense. No, right. Like does. the idea that you should accept mutants, like they're they are regular people, they just have powers. Um, and that but I don't think I would have gotten the idea of like registering them and, and like the, the hatred and bigotry that comes along with the book. I wouldn't have gotten that till later when I was in like high school reading about those types of things that happened in the United States. Um, if, if I had to pick an X-Men book, I, I, man, I'm hard pressed to say like anything. Cause there's so many books that are just like, they're all just heavy x-men books are heavy maybe maybe i would have picked like the mr and mrs x book which okay. is rogan gambling go go to go to counseling and like they also are in love and like that was my thing even as a kid like i love Rogan gambit so like i would have been all on board for that okay um okay so m- maybe that would have been one um i i want to say x-men the worst x-man ever but i also think the only reason i really appreciate that book is because of the reflection on like the x-men line as a series um but i don't know i maybe would have liked it because the book is about being an outcast and being the one mutant who has a power you can't use do
1: you think grand um, design would have been too much for you as a kid probably yes yeah. <laughs> grand design would have been like <laughs> reading a textbook man it still is like reading a mom textbook. and dad sent me this book yeah
0: <laughs> it said comics what is this yeah yeah i i yeah maybe i would have read
1: that as like a as like a younger kid and be like i know
0: everything there is to know about the x-men now. right that's the but, book um, that you
1: would have like waited until there was like a playground discussion about x-men and somebody says something and you just like pull this book out from like under like who knows where and you're like well actually
0: yeah i would be the kid that had like the rolled up copy in my back pocket and be like well if we turn to page 33
1: uh
0: <laughs> actually i don't think i was that actually kid. colossus
1: doesn't have those powers
0: yeah something like that um but no i mean i think i think the mr and mrs x would have been good it's very it's very sexual so i don't know maybe not but uh who <laughs> but knows But then again you again, were watching that one <laughs> Day- again i watched <laughs> the long kiss good night so you know what i i could handle anything <laughs> um yeah uh but yeah that's i don't know that's that's all that i have um yeah, Kate, did you have I think Kate you have one more that I just want to I just want to gush about for yeah, a second.
2: A check, please. I so this would definitely I would not uh send except to like the older teen camper me, but we didn't sure, talk sure. about how old we were talking. The, okay, the big okay. reason because there's well it's great in some ways, there are some things that are kind of accepted or romanticized that I wouldn't want to like I'd want to be old enough to know that like mm, that's not great. So, because there's like hazing sure. and stuff. That's right, like, right, yeah, right. this is just good, good fun, um, in in this frat. But overall, Check Please is so much fun and so sweet. And again, it's that whole figuring yourself out, found found family of like trying to fit in with this new group. It's about a boy who goes off to be on a hockey team at college and kind of trying to fit in with the guys while also um being gay and not being out yet. And I, I don't know. I'm on volume two now. I love it. I'm like purposefully not inhaling this one (laughs) because I read volume one in like a sitting. And so volume two, I'm like reading a little bit of because when I'm all out of these feel good OGNs for the end of my day so that I can sleep, what am I going to do?
1: <laughs> you gotta make
2: them last until a vaccine.
1: What you
0: gotta do is you gotta wait. You gotta go back and reread it on the website where there's animated GIFs and stuff built into it. Oh
2: my God. It. That's oh my what you gotta God. do. I will actually do that for sure. Yeah.
0: It is, it's fantastic. But okay. Well, I think, I think that covers about everything. Nick, you had the six gun on here and I refuse to talk about it. Oh. Um, but, uh, <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> just because I think that's too serious. It's too serious. Okay. Okay. Um, also, right. I don't know enough about it to speak to it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I refuse to talk about it, but uh, yeah, no. This this has been a really fun discussion. I'm glad that we got to sit down and, and look back at some books that just make us feel good and are fun to fun to look into and imagine what what we what we would have been like if we had reread if we had read comics as younger kids or read these comics in specific as younger kids. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys. You know, putting together a list and, and reading some feel good books. So thank you so much. Uh, but yeah, you can you can find us all on the internet. You can find Nick at Death Star Plans. You can follow me at Mike Rappin. You can follow the show at IRCB Podcast where I try to post things and on our Instagram where we sometimes do sticker giveaways so if you're not following us you better get on that so you can get some free stickers
2: this show and our many subscriber only episodes are powered by fans like you on Patreon join now at patreon.com backslash IRCB podcast if you haven't already please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts
1: you can join us on discord at ircbpodcast.com forward slash discord and make sure to tell a friend or two about the show infinity shred is the best band in the universe they do all the music for our show
0: xander is a really cool guy really fun person to be around and just a great person to talk to he also edits the show Uh, i want to say thank you to kate and nick for being on this episode with me thank you to everyone out there who listens to the show subscribes rates reviews hangs out with us on discord comes to the book club it's really really fun to do that every other week um and yeah thank you to everyone out there just in general and thank you to xander because he's great Um, until next time though comics are good and so are you Absolutely. Nick, what about you? What are you excited for this week?
1: Uh, Actually, can you give me like 20 seconds? There's a really big spider I want to kill. Yeah, go for um, it. Because it's right over my bed. um, And I want to go to bed tonight. So just give me 20 seconds. Let me kill it. And I will be right back. Assuming I don't screw up. But I'm pretty good at this.
2: (laughs) I moved an exercise machine into my apartment that my aunt found on the side of a road and she said she cleaned it off before she brought Mm -hmm. it in but i found like multiple spiders in my apartment since moving in Mm. yesterday so i'm real confident it was covered in spiders
0: get that raid
2: yep they've been like daddy long legs so it's not not, as terrifying as i was was gonna
0: say as long as it's not like those 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 big fucking what are they called the the hunter spiders or something like that. We had one of those. Wolf spiders? Yeah, wolf spiders, man. We had one of those. Yeah,
2: those things hurt like hell on the body. Dude,
0: you. we had one of those, a monster one, living in our trailer shed when we lived back in the trailer park. And like we had stuff in the in the shed that we needed to get out like the lawnmower and like the moped that yeah, I had.
2: And like honestly
0: that you would walk in there and you would see that thing like it would somehow find its way to meet your eyeline and it's just like nope mm-hmm. I'm never going mm-hmm. in there ever again.
2: Mm-hmm. No thank you please. Yeah.
0: I mean I think I had like dreams of setting that shed on fire just because I yeah, didn't know what to do with that's it. What you-
1: I mean, yuck, yuck. you
0: know, at least in New York, I'm sure there are spiders here, but I never see them. Um, but th- we have to deal Me with, either. you know, roaches and sometimes bed bugs. So I guess I don't wish that on anybody.
2: Yeah. Roaches aren't fun. Yeah. They're hard. Okay. To get rid
0: of. Nick, you're all good? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. all good. All good. I appreciate uh, the listeners' patience. Xander's going I, to I, cut all of this out. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I stringently ad- adhere to Eminem's advice when he said, uh, you only get one shot. Uh, do not miss your chance to blow. Yeah. Uh, this opportunity only comes right, once so... in a lifetime or whatever. Because uh, basically, you missed the spider, and then you have to go find it, and that takes forever. But he's dead, so okay. that's good. Wait, give me, um, give me
0: a couple seconds break.
1: Yes. Give you a break and then cut yes. into my book? Absolutely. Um, sure. Yeah, no problem. Ahead. Will do. Uh, So for me this week, my pick has definitely got to be.